0: To set the premise of the story, um, in the summer of 2008, I was a cross-country tour guide. So I would do trips from New York to California via a 15-passenger van, a hitch trailer filled with camping gear. And a group of 20 something year olds from all around the world. Uh, so it was it, I always kind of ex- I always would tell people that it felt like a, a party bus. It just kind of felt like a party on wheels. a lot of young kids who were taking gap years and whatnot in college and just sort of wanted to have a fun time and it was it was something that was affordable. For most people of that age. So it it was definitely quite the experience. And choosing one story to tell out of this unbelievable epic experience uh, in my life was not an easy task. And so in reflection of like nearly a year of experiencing immense change and shift as a collective world experience, the things that we have all been going through in this past year, I felt that this story with that has like a little bit of collective magic might be in order. So during my very last tour, and I did about six of them in the summer. I was scheduled to stop off in Monument Valley and I had yet had the experience to do this with a group. So I was really excited. I had heard that we offered it, but I never got to do it. So, um, and in which, if you don't already know Monument Valley is this spectacular red sand desert region, it's located at the it's located like right at the Arizona and Utah border and the like unique formations are an iconic symbol of the American West. It's actually known to be like the primary backdrop to many of the old Western movies. And if you've seen Forrest Gump, Monument Valley is seen during like this really pivotal moment where Forrest stops running and decides that he wants to go back home to Alabama. So if that puts it to some kind of, um, location in mind, but Our tour was led by a Navajo-owned company. And if I remember correctly, only members of the Navajo tribe are allowed to conduct tours in the valley. Uh, So we hopped into a couple four-wheel drive vehicles and spent the entire day with members of the tribe showing us this really special geographical wonder. Until this day, I'm like an avid outdoor adventurer. And Monument Valley has a really special place in my heart also because of this story. <laughs> but it's really just, a, it is, it's a geographical wonder and I've never seen it anywhere else in the world. So I, uh, in the, evening after dinner and a little bit of entertainment, uh, they set us up in one of their traditional mud-packed pogons. And if you're not entirely familiar, it is a circular um, structure that is very ceremonial and traditional and special. Uh, and the our guide had told me that we're supposed to enter the Hogan in in a clockwise direction. And he made it very clear, never enter or leave in a clock in a counterclockwise direction. So I really did my best to like keep that in mind but also I am a very like sporadic person. I'm not the most organized and I'm, I'm and I'm you know working with 15 other 20 something year olds. So we're exhausted and as you can probably imagine by now after that description I did not tell them to walk in a clockwise direction. Uh, and it didn't dawn on me until after we had entered this hogan that, and I was the last one to enter that they had taken their things and they just sort of went in all directions. And I, I stepped into the hogan and I was like, oh no, I completely forgot to tell them about this really important tradition. And these are things that I take incredibly seriously because I myself come from a Native American tribe and was born into a very traditional Native American culture. So it's like to me, I just felt something terrible in the pit of my stomach that I did not tell these people they were supposed to enter in a certain way. So I'm like getting excited, even thinking about it, which is kind of crazy. And then I'm watching them like set all of their, you know, um, their sleeping bags on the ground, they're getting ready to go to sleep. And uh, I'm just like, all right, it's happened. It's done. Please give me grace. I'm sorry. You know, like just trying to hope for the best. And out of nowhere, we heard a native flute playing in the background outside we all kind of sit up and we're like, do you hear that? And they're like, yeah. So we get up, we all walk out of the Hogan again, not even telling them how they're supposed to exit the thing. They did it again, right? They all just went in sporadic directions. And at this point I was done. So we get out there and we see this man in the far distance um, playing the native flute as what I could imagine to be the biggest full moon of my life rising above those like very iconic buttresses Um, it gave me goosebumps like I had never experienced a moon that big or that close in my life and we all stood there in complete silence, and by this point in the trip, we were all really close to each other. So we we're all kind of like holding hands and like kind of hugging each other and just really, really embracing this moment because it was so iconic and so beautiful. Um, and then he he finished his his song, and then we decided to go back to the Hogan, again, entering in all directions. <laughs> I just did such a terrible job. So we go to sleep. And it's a pretty restless night for me. I kept waking up constantly, and it was just like a really rough night. And I figured, well, this is what I get for not abiding to the traditions of, of honoring this sacred space. <laughs> uh, and I was really hard on myself. We get up for breakfast, and everyone is sitting around, and they all look really haggard. The, m- the majority of us, besides maybe three or four people all had a really rough night. So I kind of break the ice cuz we've got a long day ahead of us. We're on our way to the Grand Canyon and I've told them, "So, like, how did you guys sleep?" Like, I didn't I didn't sleep very well. I kept having this reoccurring nightmare, which was true. And and a couple of other people sort of like lit up for a second and they're like, "That's weird. So did I." And so we decided to dive in and I told them, "I had this weird nightmare about a snake inside the Hogan, kind of coming in and out of our sleeping bags and weaving all around us. The snake never really did anything, but I kept waking up in fear, thinking that the snake was going to kill one of us, and that every time I woke up, I could never find snake. And the crazy thing about it is that those who slept really terribly that night all had the exact same dream. And what was so crazy about it is that we just like, we really took, I mean, I can't remember exactly how long of a drive, but it's a long drive from Monument Valley to end up in the Grand Canyon. I want to say it's probably around six or seven hours. That's my best guess. We hardly said a word and that is unusual for this group. Very unusual. If you'd heard any of the other stories previously of how that whole trip went, it was strange for them to just be dead silent. And it, after a while, I had asked them, "I was like, how are you guys feeling?" You know, and 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 it was it was a collection of of fear, of hope. It was it was a spiritual moment for everyone. Some felt that it was a bad omen. Others felt that. Perhaps it meant abundance or fertility or great changes coming their way. So we just all sat there that night discussing what it meant to us. And the beautiful part about it is that it was over 10 years ago now, and I'm still friends with most of those people. And they are spread out all around the world. They're married. They have kids. They've got jobs. They've bought houses. It's a beautiful thing to watch.